G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Those who are the farthest away from God, God has the greatest passion. Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we continue Who is on Your Mat? Pastor Jeff is sharing from Luke chapter 14 and the story of the great banquet. What can we learn from this parable about welcoming people into our homes and lives, ministering to them both practically and spiritually? My only plea to you is to examine your heart. Do you have a passion for those who are far from God? And if you don't, then I have to ask, are you a child of God? Because his children will have his heart. Passion for those who are far away. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue the message, Who is on your mat? I went to the third prison in Rwanda. When we landed in Kilgali, I showed my passport to the customs agent. The government official welcomed me into the country and said, thank you for bringing the gospel to my people. A government official, this wasn't a church person, this wasn't a religious, this was just thank you. He asked me what I was doing, I put pastor. You put pastor on most forms when you enter countries, you don't get a smile. <laughs> thank you, he, thank you, he said. And how long are you gonna be with us? I said, about four days. He says, may God bless you. Rwanda believes that the only thing that can save their nation is Jesus. There are billboards sponsored by the government that say, Jesus is Lord. They put me in this van. The first two days I'm not going to tell you about is just a prison experience. And then we go to the third prison. Anastas, my interpreter, said, Jeff, I want you to know this is going to be different. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, it's just going to be different. And he told me this about an hour and a half away from the prison. And I said, you know, it's a little bit late to tell me this now. What do you mean different? Am I in danger? He says, not really. I said, what do you mean not really? I'm like, I'm halfway. And he says, well, it's, it, it, it's going to be different. You, to my knowledge, you're going to be the first white man to go into this prison. And uh, the criminals are hardcore. As a matter of fact, where we're going, those who committed the genocide in 94, primarily those who instigated it, came from this area. And so there is this secluded prison up in the mountains. They drove me in this van, a winding road. We passed by the infamous gorillas in the mist, remember? On up the hill, it was cloudy and dark and raining. And he says, just, just be open to whatever the Spirit of God. I mean, these men are so holy, especially when they're not the ones doing the preaching. <laughs> just be open to whatever God wants to do. I said, well, I've prepared some things. And he said, well, I can tell you right now, you, you probably end up throwing it away. Wait till you speak with the warden. And I said, again, am I in any danger? He said, well, there are thugs in every prison. Just try not to make eye contact. And I said, well, are they wearing a t-shirt that says thug? How do I know? 
how do I know? He says, you'll notice when you're preaching, they usually gather on one side. You just do, do what the Spirit of God. He kept saying, do what the Spirit of God leads. They opened the gate. Word had spread from the other two prisons that there was a tall American coming to bring a message of hope, which I found interesting. When, we, when they opened the gates, they brought me in. They immediately escorted me to the left and in the warden's little hut or house. And the warden said, you know, thank you for coming, Pastor Jeff. And through a translator, he said, I need to explain to you what's happening here. I thought, great, okay, this is good. He said, these are hardcore criminals. These are people who have no hope. They're going to die in this prison. And they know that, so they have nothing to lose. So you stay close to me. <laughs> okay. He said, it's been 17 years since the genocide. This is all through a translator. He said, so there are some who have recognized what they've done and what they've committed, but they believe there's no hope for them. That their, their crime and their genocide against humanity is, there's just no hope. Is there any way that you can say something to give them hope? I said, what kind of hope are you talking about? Hope of release? Hope what? I said, no, just hope. Hope of something better. Well, I, Estes was right. I immediately just tore out the notes I'd written, closed the Bible, and said, okay, let's start over. I said, Lord, give me some time to rewrite this. We walked out of the warden's office. The warden sat with me, and I had about 24 pastors all around me. And I could tell they were just around me. I said, and there's a little group of about 10 or 15 men that can't come out and do some traditional African stuff by way of music before I would speak. And I said, Lord, let it go on for a while so that I can, re so I can think about what's going to happen here. As they're singing, it starts to rain. Now, you need to understand this meeting is not mandatory, so they don't have to stay. And when the rain came, I thought, great. They're all getting wet. There's no they're all going to go back into where they stay, and it's all going to be ending. And it started to rain, kept raining. Right as I left my seat to be introduced and to go and preach, the rain stopped and the clouds kind of split and the sun came out. In the other prisons, I would be on a stage and they'd have men and women before me, men on the right, women on the left, but this prison was different. There was no stage. They put me right in the middle. All the men, a sea of men in front of me and a sea of women behind me. And I began to preach. <laughs> now, how do you say it in six minutes? How do you do it? It's just like that when you, when you make yourself available to do something like this, it's like the Spirit of God just kind of comes over and he says to you, you just let me take it, just let me handle it, just trust me. And I took them to the parable in Luke 14. I wish, you know, I'm talking for about 15 minutes and I'm trying to be funny and I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere. And then when I get to the third part of that parable and I tell them that God's heart is for those who are across the Euphrates who are farthest away from God, God's greatest passion, the one sheep that leaves the 99, God leaves them to go find them. The lady sweeps the house for the lost coin. The prodigal son comes back and the father runs out to greet him and restores him to full sonship. That those who are the farthest away from God, God has the greatest passion. It was like a sea of head bobbing. Every head went up, every eye forward. I turned around to see if the women were watching, they were, the men were watching, and it was like I started to feel a little bit funny. And then the Holy Spirit brought to my mind again that story. Now, it's interesting. He did the same thing two years ago. It's a children's story. 
So, and you always want to argue with God. Say, God, you, you want me to tell this children's story to these machete murderers. Is, am I hearing you right? <laughs> yes, that's what I want you to do. I said, okay, and I told them that story. You remember the story? Can you remember? The little, little boy who has a jar of marbles, precious marbles, he loves them, plays with them all day with his friends, loves his marbles so much that he goes to bed with them at night and holds them. They're his treasure. Got a little sister, though. His little sister has also a jar, but it's not marbles, it's, it's candy, or what in Africa they call lollies. The little boy sees the jar of lollies. She doesn't eat the lollies, she just stares at them and sleeps with them at night. She just loves looking and collecting them. The little boy sees the jar of candy and thinks about how nice it would be to have them. So he goes to his sister and he says, I tell you what, I'll trade you all my marbles. Now, I noticed my translator did not use marbles, but used precious stones. And that was probably why, since I'm going to say this boy lost all his marbles, because that, that's not going to work. So this boy takes his precious stones and he says to his sister, I'll, I'll, I'll trade you. I'll give you all my precious stones if you'll give me all your candy. And the little girl, sweet little girl says, I want those marbles. I'll do it. And he says, okay, okay, but since we're going to part with our treasure tomorrow, let's have one more night with our treasure and we'll trade in the morning. Now, remember, I'm telling this story to a couple thousand machete murderers. You understand that, right? While the boy is sleeping at night, he thinks about losing his treasure the next day. So he untightens the lid of the jar. He puts his hand down in the jar and chooses six or seven beautiful marbles, the ones he really likes, puts them in his pocket puts the lid back on, shakes the jar, and make it appear as if there's none missing. That's just like a man, isn't it? <laughs> they laughed in Rwanda too. <laughs> the next morning he got up, went to his sister and said, I'm, I'm ready to trade. Here's all my marbles now, give me all your candy. And they traded. That night, the little girl slept soundly. Little boy could not sleep. Started wandering the halls, ran into his father. Father said, son, why are you awake? He says, well, I, I just can't sleep. Why not, son? And the son replied, because I can't help but keep worrying. Did my sister give me all the candy? <laughs> Luke 14, and that children's story allowed me to say this next phrase. With every eye on us, if you give God all your sin, I promise you, he'll give you all his forgiveness. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we're hearing about ministering to those who need to meet Jesus through the parable of the great banquet. Let's continue with Pastor Jeff. If you give God all your sin, I promise you, He'll give you all His forgiveness. If you give God all your sin, He'll give you all His forgiveness. And I kept repeating it, getting louder and louder, and the translator, just dramatic. If you give God all your sin. His heart is for those who are far away. There is nothing too bad that you could do that God would not take you back. But you've got to give him all your sin. And if you give him all your sin, he'll give you all his forgiveness. I kept saying that over and over. I kept looking at the women, looking at the men. They're all staring now. My translator said to me in English, Jeff, you need to pray now. And I'll translate. I bowed my head and began to pray. As I'm doing that, I found out later that they put a big tarp out, a huge tarp out in the middle so if you wanted to kneel down so you wouldn't get your knees wet, it had been raining. And I began to pray. I must have prayed about two minutes. When I raised my head, the whole tarp was completely filled with men and women who were coming to repent and give their lives to Jesus Christ. I looked over at the warden and he was shedding a tear. He will tell me later that Jeff, what we've been trying to do for 17 years has happened in 40 minutes. 
for all these to come and to kneel down and repent of their sin. And the chaplains moved forward. They started taking the names. People started confessing their crimes, confessing their sins. If you'll give God all your sin, he'll give you all your forgiveness, all his forgiveness. And you will be invited to the great banquet, to the table of endless food. I can't promise you that you'll ever get out of this prison, but I can tell you this. You can unlock the prison of your heart and know that one day, because you have given God all your sin, he will give you all his forgiveness. And as I'm standing on that bridge in Zimbabwe, here's what God said to me. Jeff, it's okay. It's all well and good. You believe that about Africa. But do you believe that about the San Gabriel Valley? Do you believe that there are people who are so far from God who committed atrocities, but my greatest heart and passion is for those people? Why is it your heart for those people? Why do you not care? And why do you have a sense of, a sense of justice thinking that one day they're going to get theirs when it is not my will that anyone should perish? None. Can I ask you that then? Who's the guy at your work, at the cafe, at the gym, that's far from God? And can I ask you, you're a child of God. Do you have a passion for those who are far away? And if not, why? Is it because you think you're good enough to go to the banquet? You're kidding, right? You're kidding me. That in the eyes of God, there's no difference between you and the machete murder in Rwanda. Sin is sin and we all have it. But those who give God all their sin. God promises to give him or her all his forgiveness. Evangelism is a tall order, isn't it? But you know my problem with most evangelistic series? They preach a sermon like this and it just gives me one more thing to feel guilty about in my life. Thank you very much. That's why this series, the first message is about the what and the next three are about the how. Because you can do it but you gotta be told how. According to this, how does it happen? It's not enough to tell you you gotta reach that guy, you gotta tell you how to reach it according to the scripture, by both word and example. My only plea to you is to examine your heart. Do you have a passion for those who are far from God? And if you don't, then I have to ask, are you a child of God? Because his children will have his heart, a passion for those who are far away. You got a card in your bulletin. I'm gonna ask you to look at it right now. And on that card, I'm gonna ask you to write the name down. The name the Holy Spirit brought to your mind as I was speaking today. Please don't put the last name, just first names. Or maybe you don't know the name, you just know her as the lady who serves me coffee, or the guy who instructs me at the gym, or the man who tells me nasty jokes at work. You may not even know a name. Then just make up one, it's okay. God knows the name. Just put unknown. But I'm asking you to take the first part of this journey because here's what I learned on the bridge. Jeff, if you want me to pour out my spirit on the people of Christ Church of the Valley and bring revival, I gotta know their heart is my heart for those who are far from God. Write the name on that card and when you're ready, I want you to walk up and I want you to put that card at the foot of the cross, giving that person to Jesus. That's your first step. That's all today. And then you're free to leave. That's your last act of worship today. God, here's the name I give to you. I don't know how it's going to happen. 
I got no idea because this is going to be hard. You talk about far from you, God, he's so far out. I don't know if he can hear anything I'm going to say. Leave that to God. I'm asking you. Put the name on the card. And when you're ready, drop it at the foot of the cross. And you're free to go. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and that's the end of Who is on Your Mat. I hope you can join us next time when Pastor Jeff shares the story of Matthew's party. When we think about evangelism, we think about a tall order because to most of us, evangelism is like losing weight. We really like it when it happens, but we're not sure we're willing to pay the price it takes to get there, right? But yet it's in you. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.